The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Buzz Burbank, news and comment. April 6, 2017. Thank you very much for listening and for shopping through my Amazon links at buzzburbank.com. And the world situation was desperate as usual. That's the opening line of every single chapter of a book by one of my favorite authors, Tom Robbins. For years, that sentence has given me perspective on the world situation at any given moment. There have always been horrific things. There may always be horrific things. And the problems of the moment often seem as though they are the biggest problems we've ever had. But it's foolish to pretend we don't see what we see or to pretend it's not scary and foolish not to know that it's really, really important that we get it right. History has taught us what not paying attention can cost. And so, as if we didn't have enough on our plates with Russia's interference in our own government, we begin with a reminder that the world situation is desperate, as usual. A lot of Americans are worried we're about to go to war around the world. This week, the Trump administration announced that time has run out on North Korea to stop advancing its nuclear and missile capabilities. North Korea responded by firing another mid-range missile into the waters near Japan, where the U.S. has stationed over 30,000 American troops. So North Korea will be topic one as Chinese President Xi Jinping meets with our commander-in-chief at his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. They will not be playing golf. The Chinese government believes that golf is a symbol of corruption. The two are expected to disagree on nearly everything, but especially on North Korea. Trump's issued an ultimatum to China, pressure Kim Jong-un to cool it with the nukes, or the U.S. will take preemptive action. Some experts say that's exactly the provocation Kim's been waiting for, to attack the U.S., or at least the tens of thousands of American troops in Japan. But China doesn't like to be put in a corner, which is precisely what Trump has done. Trump and Xi are expected to disagree on what Trump's called bad trade deals and on Trump's accusation that China manipulates its currency to outprofit the U.S. This week, the Syrian government again used chemical weapons on its own people, killing dozens, including 11 children in a town occupied by anti-government rebels. A short time later, as wounded survivors were being treated, their clinic was hit by an airstrike. In that bombing, at least 72 people were killed, including dozens of children. The Assad government had used the nerve gas known as sarin to kill and air attack, murdering scores of its own people and injuring hundreds more. As usual, Bashir Assad's Syrian military denies that charge, with its best friend and big brother Russia backing it up, Russia blaming the release of the gas on anti-Assad rebels who'd stored the sarin in harm's way, they said. Syria had used chemical warfare on its people before, and White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer says it's Obama's fault for not keeping his word on the red line Obama had drawn at chemical warfare. Obama didn't want to put American soldiers into another war zone without a thumbs-up from Congress, and the Republican Congress that had opposed him at every turn turned their back on Obama's request for support. No one wanted to put American lives at risk alone. Obama was willing to do it with congressional support that never came. That was in 2013, when citizen Trump posted over a dozen tweets urging Obama not to take action in Syria, and certainly not without congressional approval. Not our problem, tweeted Trump. We should stay the hell out of Syria, he wrote, and on and on. 
Now that Trump has Obama's old job, he's criticizing Obama for not acting, with or without Congress, and blaming Obama for this week's gas attack. Now Trump says Syria's behavior cannot be tolerated, sounding like yet another threat of war. His ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley, strongly condemned Russia and Syria at the U.N. yesterday. And what the Trump administration has not announced publicly is that it's been quietly sending hundreds and hundreds of U.S. troops into Syria the whole time. That kind of troop movement is something an administration usually announces because word gets out anyway with that many people on the move. But this administration has made no announcements about sending hundreds and hundreds of additional American soldiers into the mess that is Syria. In the meantime, Bashir Assad has again violated world law by using chemical weapons and again on his own people. There are only four countries that have refused to sign the worldwide treaty that bans chemical weapons. North Korea is one of them. And now the U.N. Secretary General is calling on North Korea to sign it, especially with tensions rising between North Korea and the U.S. North Korea is not alone in refusing to sign that treaty. The other three countries holding out are American allies, including South Sudan, Egypt, and Israel. It may put some Americans' minds at rest to know that Trump political advisor Steve Bannon no longer has a place in the National Security Council, at least not officially. He can still sit in on the meetings. And the top U.S. intelligence officials Trump booted out of the NSC are back in. Trump needs those professionals now more than ever, and many Americans were alarmed to see the former head of Breitbart News as a key voice in a panel making strategic and military decisions, not political ones. Many Americans were concerned about a political advisor serving in what has always been a nonpartisan job. Bannon, often referred to as the real president, is nearly as unpopular in the polls as his boss. A new survey shows most Americans don't have any idea who Neil Gorsuch is and have no opinion on his confirmation as a Supreme Court justice, the majority of Americans. That's unfortunate for the nation since Gorsuch will likely profoundly affect our lives for decades to come. Based on his record as a judge, Gorsuch will likely favor decisions that rule against the little guy in favor of big corporations. Moderate Senator Claire McCaskill says Gorsuch lacks compassion. And Gorsuch was nominated by a president under investigation for collusion with Russia and preparing to be confirmed by a Republican Senate that stubbornly refused to even consider Obama's appointment even though that Supreme Court seat opened on Obama's watch with over a year left in his administration. But Republican senators are in a hurry now, even though they don't have the necessary 60 votes to confirm Trump's nominee and don't have the votes to override the filibuster. An Oregon congressman set the stage by talking through the night from Tuesday evening through Wednesday morning, talking against Gorsuch and the Republican plan for jamming him through for 15 hours straight. And even though Democrats promised to filibuster Gorsuch's confirmation, Republicans have made it clear they'll use what's known as the nuclear option to force that nomination through. In short, they plan to change the rules permanently, allowing Supreme Court nominees to be approved on a simple majority vote. To get Gorsuch through, Republicans are willing to change and most agree ruin the Senate forever. Although it's never happened before with a Supreme Court nominee, Democrats did pull the same trick four years ago, when they voted to allow the confirmation of presidential appointments of several kinds on a simple majority vote. Again, polls show that most Americans have no opinion on the Gorsuch matter, and among those who do, more favor his appointment than oppose it.
Mitch McConnell says the Senate will vote on Gorsuch tomorrow with or without the cooperation of Democrats. The Trump administration now seems to be working overtime on convincing the public, the press, and the investigators that despite what you may have heard, this administration is tough on Russia. In the past week alone, Defense Secretary James Mattis, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, and U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley have all had strong words for the Kremlin. Haley says her boss is, quote, not stopping me from beating up on Russia. Tillerson said the sanctions against Russia for its invasion of Crimea would continue until Russia makes things right. And Mattis noted Russia's violations of international law, including, quote, mucking around elections. And that brings us back to the people who helped Trump into office and their contacts with Russian officials and Russian spies. About former National Security Advisor Mike Flynn, who had asked for immunity from legal prosecution in exchange for his testimony, Flynn got support in his request from Trump, who calls the Russia investigation a witch hunt and reports about it fake news. But that didn't phase the Senate Intelligence Committee, which has rejected Flynn's request and will use its subpoena powers to try to make him talk about what else he knows. The hypocrisy is deafening. It was Flynn who said, when you are given immunity, that means you have probably committed a crime. He was talking about Hillary at the time, but his words have come back to haunt him, just as those words would haunt a normal president. Trump, too, said in September, if you're guilty of a crime, what do you need immunity for? Trump's tune has changed, as it so often does when the tables are turned, now that one of his people is asking for immunity. Ten days into the work of the Senate Intelligence Committee, we've heard some interesting things. We heard from former FBI Special Agent Clinton Watts, who worked in the Counterintelligence Division until he quit under Trump. Watts laid out the methods Russia's been using here and in Europe, from hacking to disinformation, fake news on social media. He showed how candidate Trump quoted from a news article only available from a Russian government news site, an article that vanished as soon as Trump's claim came into question, as his claims so often do. Watts showed how Russia even planted a petition on the White House website proposing giving Alaska back to Russia. Senate investigators heard from a British cyber expert who reported that Russia had hired 1,000 hackers to attack email accounts for 109 members of the Clinton campaign, with one key worker being hacked 14 times. The expert also explained how Russia even interfered with the Republican primary campaign by attacking Trump's Republican opponents, including Marco Rubio and Lindsey Graham, along with former Trump critic Paul Ryan. And all three Republicans say the expert's claim is true. Reporters have been investigating, too. And this week, we learned that Obama administration officials had made a list of documents related to the Russia investigation, assigned those documents serial numbers, and gave the list of serial numbers to all the members of the Senate Intelligence Committee. If or when the committee requests these documents, the White House must produce them, if it can. If it can't, there's evidence of a cover-up. And we've learned some very disturbing things about Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, who wears a lot of important hats in this administration, giving him a prominent role in government policy here and overseas. We now know what was kept from us before, that Jared Kushner met with a Russian spy who was posing as a Russian banker in New York. The two exchanged multiple emails and met in person during the transition, just nine days before Jared's father-in-law took the oath of office. 
We've learned that the spy, Evgeny Buryakov, has already done jail time in the U.S. for his undercover work here and that he was deported just this week. In fact, his deportation is the only reason we know that Jared met with Buryakov. It's something Jared hadn't bothered to mention in all this talk about Russia and its political connections in the U.S. And then there's Trump former foreign policy advisor Carter Page, who was apparently unwittingly recruited by Russian spies, including Viktor Podobny, who'd been indicted for his activities here in the U.S. Page now admits he met with Podobny. And although the Senate Intelligence Committee wants to hear whatever Page has to say, it has not yet accepted his offer to testify, having bigger fish to fry first. Page says he's willing to talk after being fired by the Trump campaign when word of his Russia connections first got out, and after the publishing of wiretapped conversations in which Podobny and his fellow spy joke about how successful their recruitment of Page had been, one of them even calling Page an idiot. And recent attempts to distract us from the Russian story haven't been working. The incident that had White House Intel Committee Chair Devin Nunes slipping onto White House grounds at night to try to get evidence that Obama had tapped Trump's campaign, taking that to the media and then back to the president, ended in making Nunes a laughingstock, along with the White House aides who gave Nunes that information, which they could have given Trump themselves by walking across the White House lawn. And then there was the attempt to demonize Obama National Security Advisor Susan Rice, a longtime favorite target for Republicans. They accused Rice of outing Trump officials who would have otherwise remained anonymous. If Rice had done that, it would have been perfectly legal. As it turns out, her accusers were wrong again. It wasn't even Rice who unmasked those Trump officials, and it wasn't Rice who made those documents public. In the end, both stunts were, as one former CIA director put it, a distraction. In other Trump scandals, Scott Pruitt is still the head of the EPA despite now facing the revocation of his license to practice law. Oklahoma's former attorney general, now the head of the Environmental Protection Agency, Scott Pruitt, got caught lying to Congress about using his personal email for government business, something for which he and other Republicans slammed Hillary Clinton. Pruitt's lie may now cost him his law license, even if it doesn't cost him his job at the EPA yet. And we learned this week that Trump's advisor on cutting government regulations, billionaire Carl Icahn, has had two recommendations for Trump so far, killing a regulation that affected a company Icahn owns and excluding Icahn's company from Trump's freeze on a new tax regulation. Democrats on the intelligence committees have increasingly concluded that several of Trump's people may be going to jail. House Intel Committee member Denny Heck says he, quote, wouldn't be surprised if I was betting, he added, I'd say yes. Bob Seska will be along shortly to comment on Russia, North Korea, and more. From our, we'll take whatever little information we can get from this White House department, newly released financial documents on Trump's daughter and son-in-law have been released, and since both Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner now have key jobs at the White House, from these reports, this power couple is apparently worth over $700 million. Jared made about $195 million last year, holding jobs in 267 companies, including the Trump transition team. 
As for the top advisors not related to Trump, economic advisor Gary Cohn is worth $230 million, maybe more since he listed some of his assets as worth over a million dollars each, without being specific. Political advisor Steve Bannon made $191,000 from his conservative, conspiratorial, and fake news site Breitbart and from his consulting firm and other investments. And Press Secretary Sean Spicer made $260,000 as strategist and communications director for the Republican National Committee. Kellyanne Conway made eight hundred grand last year as a consultant. Trump himself has left himself a loophole for tapping into money from his businesses while he's president. A closer look at the documents that turn control of the Trump organization over to sons Eric and Don Jr., shows Trump himself can tap into that money at any time, despite a White House promise of a wall between Trump and his company. According to this document, Trump can draw as much as he wants, any time he wants, without disclosing anything. Never mind that first presidential news conference in which a Trump financial advisor told reporters Trump is, quote, completely isolating himself from his business interests. And the Trump organization does appear to be making more money now that its namesake is the American president. Business has been up at Trump hotels since the inauguration. The failure of Trump's presidential efforts, most of all health care, combined with the constantly unfolding Russia scandal, have begun to sour the opinions of even some of his voter base. White men, Trump's biggest support group, have trimmed their support by 6%. Today, only 37% of white men support Trump. Trump also got big support in rural America, but those folks are turning on him too. Their support has fallen by 5%. Even down on the farm, Trump supporters are outnumbered by his critics. Approval from Republican voters in general is down, along with the independent voters who supported Trump. Nationwide, Trump's approval rating has fallen to a new all-time low of 34%. Barely one in three Americans think he's doing a fine job. Most voters think Trump's lying in his claim that Obama wiretapped him. Trump supporters were optimistic on Inauguration Day, putting their approval of the country's direction at 50%. Today, only 39% approve of where things are headed. We can only hope voters have learned two lessons. Not to make big, long-term decisions out of anger, and to be careful what you wish for. What Trump says and what he does are very often two different things, as you may have noticed. In primary debates, Trump said, quote, I don't settle cases. I don't do it because that's why I don't get sued very often, because I don't settle. Trump also lied in that debate when he said the Better Business Bureau had given his school an A rating. In fact, it did not. In fact, the Better Business Bureau fielded a lot of complaints from students who felt they'd been defrauded. Friday, Trump settled the thing he said he'd never do, settled a lawsuit filed by thousands of former students of the now-defunct Trump University. His school had emptied the bank accounts of students who hoped to become rich like Trump. Now those thousands of students will get 90% of their money back in an out-of-court settlement with Donald Trump that will cost him $25 million and make the fraud accusations die down, at least as far as Trump University goes. It isn't clear yet how Trump might escape another lawsuit that accuses him of inciting his supporters to violence at his campaign rallies last summer. Trump's lawyers tried to get the lawsuit dismissed, but a federal judge has ruled against that, calling Trump's part in that violence particularly reckless. 
At a rally in Kentucky on March 1st, 2016, Trump got distracted by protesters and barked at the crowd, get him out of here. A white supremacist just happened to be in that crowd, and he and a North Korean war vet and a person we've never identified laid into three protesters, one of whom was an African-American woman. The three attackers are also being sued along with Trump. Trump's lawyers don't appear worried. They say they expect the case to be dismissed since the protesters, quote, got the reaction they were looking for. The federal judge seems to disagree, however, accusing Trump of being reckless in issuing what the judge calls an instruction, an order, a command. That commentary from Bob Seska and more news, including big breakthroughs in LGBT rights, after this. With everything that's going on, it's gotten easy to forget stuff, including birthdays and anniversaries. Who'd you forget this time? Your sister? Your mom? Your spouse? With ProFlowers.com, you can schedule their gift ahead of time, any date you wish, and, you know, get back to your life. It's a special gift of beauty right to their door without costing you a fortune. And with ProFlowers, it's always a perfect gift, guaranteed fresh for seven days or your money back. And they're not kidding. I've used ProFlowers time and again, and they never let me or her down. She's always delighted when that box of Pro Flowers arrives at her door. And right now, because you listen to this report, you can save 10 bucks on any order of $29 or more if you enter the code RELM when you check out at proflowers.com. Flowers for as little as 19 bucks when you use the checkout code RELM. But that $10 off also applies to a range of flowers and plants, including a dozen red roses or their famous 100 Blooms bouquet. And if you do forget a birthday or anniversary or forget just about anything, say I'm sorry and save 10 bucks and power this show with the code RELM at proflowers.com. Thank you for using my sponsors and for supporting this free news through the PayPal button at buzzburbank.com. Our new Republican government this week erased a law that protects your privacy on the Internet. They approved a new law that makes it legal for your Internet service provider to sell your web browsing histories to advertisers without your knowledge or consent. You will notice this as even more ads follow you around the Internet. More because although Google, Facebook, and other sites had already been doing this, ISPs were banned from the practice. The difference is you can choose whether or not to be on Facebook. You cannot choose whether or not to have an Internet provider. And ISPs are now allowed to gather a whole lot more information on you than Google or Facebook ever could. Social security numbers, medical information, everything, deeply personal information in some cases. Nearly all Democrats and even a few Republicans opposed the change, but they were again outvoted. As it turns out, Trump and the Republicans in Congress are not giving up on repealing Obamacare after all. At least that's what we're hearing now. Trump had said it was time to move on to other issues like tax reform. Paul Ryan had said that failed attempt was the Republicans' one shot at repeal and replace. They both declared war on the conservative lawmakers who helped block the bill along with every Democrat. Trump toyed with the idea of working with Democrats to come up with a new health care bill and vowed to go around the so-called Freedom Caucus lawmakers. That's where we left it last week, but this is a new week. Now, Vice President Mike Pence has met with those House conservatives to try to work up a new bill, and they reportedly made a little progress. 
This new bill, as we've heard it described so far, would make insurance more affordable for more people, but deny insurance to the people who need it most. There'd still be coverage for pre-existing conditions, but it would cost a lot more than it would for others and more than it does now, making it unaffordable for most. States, read that red states, would be allowed to opt out of the essential health benefits part of Obamacare, which requires coverage for prescriptions, maternity care, substance abuse, and the mental health programs that Republicans blame for gun violence. But with those conservatives on board for Trump Care 2, the latest repeal and replace plan may not get past the moderate Republicans this time, and again, will get no votes from any Democrat. And despite this week's meeting, there still isn't a new health care bill, and the lawmakers are about to return to their home districts for two weeks without a health care plan and facing more groups of concerned citizens at their offices. Repeal and replace is still a Republican goal, even though a new Gallup poll shows that a majority of Americans, 55%, support Obamacare. It's the first time the Affordable Care Act has landed on the plus side. Support for the ACA is up 13% ever since congressional Republicans started messing with it earlier this year. After an epic fail at repealing and replacing Obamacare, Republicans wasted no time in finding a new way to cut off federal funding for Planned Parenthood. But they had to take the rare step of calling in the vice president to break the Senate's tied vote to achieve that goal. They also had to call to work a Republican senator who should have been home in bed recovering from back surgery. And they passed the bill without debate, without discussion. Then it was off to the White House for Trump's signature. Republicans have been obsessed with cutting off federal funding to Planned Parenthood based on two pieces of misinformation. First, many believe Planned Parenthood uses taxpayer dollars to pay for abortions for women who need them but cannot afford them. But laws already exist to prohibit that. What little Planned Parenthood spends on abortion, less than 3% of its budget, comes from donations. As the name implies, the group's main mission is family planning, reproductive health, and cancer screening. Second, the Republican attack on the Women's Health Service heated up after the release of an illegally recorded and highly edited video that made it appear Planned Parenthood was willing to sell fetal tissue for profit. That, too, is prohibited by law, except to recover the cost of protecting and transporting such tissue, which Planned Parenthood did, but then stopped doing, hoping it would cool the controversy. The shady video that had given the anti-choice movement more fuel has been investigated by a number of red states, hoping they'd finally nail Planned Parenthood. But they found no wrongdoing on Planned Parenthood's part. In fact, The video has since been declared fraudulent, and the people who recorded it are now facing a string of felony charges. But their video accomplished its mission. The new Republican government has cut off federal funding for Planned Parenthood. And it didn't stop there. Republicans have taken their fight worldwide. What's left of our State Department has cut off the $32 million a year it was sending to the United Nations Population Fund That's a global agency that promotes family planning in over 150 countries, countries in which feeding the existing population is already overwhelming. But the new Trump-Tillerson State Department says the agency supports and manages forced abortions and involuntary sterilization in China. The agency says that's not true and that other countries in the U.N. think very highly of the program, which was, by the way, co-founded by the United States government. The U.S. has been an important donor to the agency, but by far not the most generous. 
The U.S. ranked fourth among the nations that provide funding behind Britain, Sweden, and the U.N. itself. The agency says it's prevented nearly 300 unsafe abortions and nearly a million unintended pregnancies, and it's prevented well over 2,000 women from dying during pregnancy or childbirth. But it will now try to do that without the significant help of the United States. The agency's done that before under Republican Presidents Reagan and Bush. And Bush. Democrats keep putting it back. Republicans keep taking it away. For now, it's gone again. And the Senate is on the verge of approving a Supreme Court nominee who may well help overturn the decision allowing legal and safe abortions here in the U.S. The drug company in the news last year for jacking up the price of a life-saving product known as EpiPen is in the news again, and this isn't good either. Meridian Medical Technologies has now recalled EpiPens in this country in addition to the 80,000 recalled from other countries. Over a dozen lots of the pens and its junior version in packs of two contain a faulty part that could fail to deliver epinephrine to patients who need it quickly to avoid death. Meridian Medical blames one of its suppliers for the faulty part. In this recall, it's urging patients to hang on to even the possibly defective pens until their replacement pens arrive at no extra cost. The Trump Justice Department has asked that Baltimore police stop following federal instructions to stop discriminating, violating constitutional rights, and using excessive force. The previous administration had also found that these practices were carried out mostly on blacks, young people, mentally disabled people, protesters, and even the victims of sexual assault. It would have cost Baltimore millions of dollars to genuinely change its police department, a price the mayor and the police commissioner say they are still eager to pay. The trouble in Baltimore after the Freddie Gray killing made it clear the community had stopped trusting Charm City's police. But now Trump's Attorney General Jeff Sessions has asked that the Obama administration's cleanup order be paused while Sessions can study what effect those changes might have on the Trump goal of cracking down on crime. But, of course, this story goes deeper than that. Sessions has long opposed federal investigations of local police departments, despite the improvements those investigations have brought. And Sessions opposes the feds telling any city's cop shop how it should or shouldn't operate. Reforming police departments and improving police community relations doesn't appear to be on the Trump agenda. And the world situation was desperate, as usual. It's also on Bob's mind. Part of the Realm Network, co-host of the Bob Seska Show and a respected blogger for Salon.com, here's Bob Seska. Thank you, Buzz. For months now, I've hesitated to repeat my prediction that we'll see a nuclear mushroom cloud sometime during the Trump presidency. Boiled down, I honestly believe it could come in the form of an attack against the United States or one of our allies in order to exploit Trump's weaknesses. Or it could come in the form of an attack by Trump against a threat, real or imagined, or it simply could end up being a nuclear test authorized by Trump in violation of numerous test ban treaties in order to flex his rapidly disintegrating political muscle. Obviously, such a prediction can seem outrageous and extreme, but today it seems appropriate to revisit my forecast. NBC News broke a story on Monday in which a defector from North Korea, Tai Young Ho, the former deputy ambassador to England, warned that Kim Jong-un is itching to use nuclear weapons against the United States. Ho told NBC News anchor Lester Holt, quote, Once Kim Jong-un sees that there is any kind of sign of a tank or an imminent threat from America, then he would use his nuclear weapons with ICBM, 
end quote. North Korea apparently has developed eight nuclear warheads, according to NBC, but the axis of evil nation has yet to build a rocket reliable enough for an attack, nor does it have an intercontinental ballistic missile in its stockpile that can reach the American mainland. In other words, while the threat is there, North Korea doesn't possess the capability to launch any sort of attack to make good on that threat. Yet. It's really not a matter of if, but a matter of when. On the other hand, what about Trump? We clearly have more than enough operational nukes, and we have a commander-in-chief who has repeatedly flirted with the idea of using them. Does anyone seriously believe that Trump possesses the temperament, the restraint, or the human decency to shelve the possibility of a nuclear confrontation? Read his quotes and get back to me. Hell, Trump showed that he lacked the discipline to know what the nuclear triad is. How can he be expected to have the discipline to forego actually using it? The point here is that we need to keep our eyes open when it comes to nuclear-related threats. As Trump's presidency lapses into freefall, he's increasingly likely to use his war powers to solve all his problems. If Trump goes to war against North Korea, perhaps using a nuclear missile as a means of containing and intimidating Kim Jong-un, it'll be almost impossible to focus on any other story. Russiagate goes away, impeachment talk goes away, jokes about his tiny hands and orange face all go away. Worse, a war, especially involving one or more nuclear launches, would almost definitely secure a second term for Trump. At least, this is how Trump, along with Steve Bannon and Stephen Miller, would perceive such an event. And if you're expecting H.R. McMaster, Trump's newly minted national security advisor, or his Secretary of Defense, Mad Dog Mattis, to step in and prevent such a decision, think again. Already, Trump forced McMaster to retain one of the conspirators, Ezra Cohen-Watnick, who secretly gave classified FBI eavesdropping information allegedly to Devin Nunes, to remain on the National Security Council despite McMaster's attempt to clean house of all holdovers from Mike Flynn's brief stint in that role. Trump will do whatever Trump wants to do, and the drumbeat for war against North Korea has already started, with Trump telling China he'll act unilaterally if he has to. Do not count on Trump to be pacifistic when it comes to North Korea threatening us with nuclear weapons. That mushroom cloud is coming, and anyone who currently supports Trump is partly responsible for whatever horrors go along with it. I'm Bob Seska for Buzz Burbank News and Comment. Thanks, Bob. Catch his show featuring great guests Tuesdays and Thursdays on The Bob Seska Show here at RealmNetwork.com. And catch me on Bob's show this evening and throughout the weekend at that same address. There was a huge landmark decision on gay rights this week by a federal appeals court in Chicago. The judges ruled in an 8-3 to vote that discrimination based on sexual orientation is a form of sex discrimination, which is outlawed by the Civil Rights Act of 1964. They were ruling in the case of an Indiana Community College math teacher who convinced the court she'd been discriminated against at work because she's a lesbian. This marks the first time a federal court has ever made such a ruling. And since it clashes with a federal appeals court ruling of a month ago, this sets up the United States Supreme Court to make the final decision. Sexual orientation discrimination is already specifically illegal in 22 states. Indiana, where math teacher Kimberly Lively lives, is not one of those states. But thanks to this week's Chicago ruling, that no longer matters, at least for now. Since we last met, North Carolina cried uncle and repealed its infamous bathroom bill. The state had become the target of scorn and boycotts, costing it millions, potentially billions of dollars, after it banned transgender people from using public restrooms that match their identities. 
The Republican fear was that transgenders would molest women or children in those restrooms. Nationwide, there have been no reports of inappropriate touching by transgendered people. The law was mainly a battle with liberal Charlotte, North Carolina, which had passed its own city laws protecting the rights of transgenders. But the battle ended with a victory for the Republican governor and his Republican legislature until the boycotts began. The NBA moved its all-star game out of Charlotte, and the NCAA moved its men's basketball tournament out of Greensboro. Some companies left the state and took jobs with them. Some companies refused to do business with North Carolina for legalizing discrimination. Big-name performers refused to play there. Conventions planned for that state also pulled up stakes. It cost the state millions and millions of dollars, and North Carolina stood to lose billions if it didn't find a way out. North Carolina's new Democratic governor helped the lawmakers find that way out. It's not enough, however, for the American Civil Liberties Union, which calls the repeal of the bathroom bill a fake repeal. The ACLU says it will see the state in court over a bill they say does nothing for the rights of North Carolina's LGBT community. A story about the rainbow flag and its creator. Foxes in the Fox House. Your doctor may be wrong. And what Zoe can do with her tongue. In the third and final segment, up next. It really is crucial, now more than ever, that you show your support for this newscast by doing as much of your shopping as possible through my Amazon links at buzzburbank.com. You'll land right on your very own Amazon page, and you'll get the same great prices as always. If you believe in what I'm doing here, what we're doing together, it's extremely important that you go to buzzburbank.com, click on that link, and then bookmark that page to make it one of your favorites. Whether you're already a Prime member or you're shopping at Amazon for the first time, going through that link, even just once, helps sustain this program. Amazon has nearly everything you need right to your door and in two days or less for Prime members. I cannot say enough about how much I enjoy Amazon Prime Video, which comes with that Prime membership, along with music, books, and more. And please, use my Amazon link if you make purchases for your office, school, church, or some other organization. To those of you who already shop through my link, thank you. And if Amazon's not right for you, you can also support this program by clicking on the PayPal button just below the Amazon button in the upper right corner at buzzburbank.com. Oh, this number is too high. A new study shows that one out of every five times, one out of every five, a doctor tells you you have something you don't have or they miss something you do have. 20% of the patients are being misdiagnosed according to research at the Mayo Clinic. And 88% of those who seek a second opinion get a different diagnosis. Among those cases, the first doctors had been right only 12% of the time. The researchers find these numbers troubling. They blame insurance that limits referrals and second opinions more than they blame the doctors. And yet another study shows that the number of malpractice lawsuits being filed against doctors has fallen over the past 20 years by 56%. Lawsuits against pediatricians are down 76%. The sexual harassment scandal continues to haunt the Fox News Channel and its former leader, Roger Ailes. Fox News commentator and contributor Julie Roginski is suing both accusing Ailes of dangling a promotion in exchange for her sexual cooperation and provided she would diss Gretchen Carlson, 
who had already sued and settled with Fox. Roginski says Ailes urged her to start dating older married men, a position for which he qualified, and invited her for drinks in his office. Recently, the New York Times reported that five women had accused Bill O'Reilly of inappropriate behavior. Four got hush money to drop their claims. The U.S. Attorney's Office had been investigating this until Trump fired that New York prosecutor, Preet Bharara. The U.S. Attorney's Office had been investigating how Fox News writes these settlements, which total around $13 million to O'Reilly's accusers, the initial accusers. O'Reilly says he was sued because he's famous and that the settlements were paid to protect his children from these ugly allegations. And yes, now there are more accusers. One has asked New York City Human Rights Commission to investigate O'Reilly. And this new lawsuit by Julie Roginsky goes where no other Fox News sexual harassment suit has gone before. It accuses Fox News of covering up the behavior of Roger Ailes. As for O'Reilly, over three dozen companies have pulled their ads from his show, including Mercedes-Benz, Mitsubishi Motors, Hyundai, GlaxoSmithKline, Allstate, and others. Hyundai canceled its planned run, calling the allegations against O'Reilly disturbing. Trump, himself accused of repeated sexual harassment and admitting he'd grabbed women by the genitals, is not disturbed. He calls O'Reilly a good person. Here's a story you can tell your friends about the importance of journalism and real news. In Pittsburgh, Kansas, a $93,000 a year high school principal has resigned after two reporters from the school newspaper ran a better background check than did the officials who hired the principal. They found the new principal's master's and doctoral degrees came from an unaccredited online diploma mill college. Tell your friends, the media is their friend too. We're not winning the war on drugs, but we're recovering some of the cost of that wasted effort in a shady way. A Justice Department watchdog report shows that the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration, has seized well over $4 billion in cash and property from suspected drug dealers in the past 10 years. And a sample of 100 cases shows that none of those property seizures did anything to help prosecute the suspects or even produce any real evidence. Since the 1980s, the DEA has been allowed to seize assets, sometimes without a warrant. The idea was to help pay for the cost of catching and prosecuting drug dealers. But this new report says the DEA risks losing the public's confidence if they're just seizing stuff to fatten their already bloated budget. The DEA says the Inspector General's report is too narrow and outdated. In other words, the DEA has decided not to listen, but instead to keep seizing property with or without a conviction. Fasten your seatbelts. Beloved actor Harrison Ford will keep flying. The FAA says Ford can keep his pilot's license and not even be fined or restricted after nearly clipping a jetliner full of passengers as he landed his single-engine prop plane at John Wayne Airport in Orange County, California back in February. Ford not only accidentally buzzed that passenger jet, he landed on a taxiway instead of a runway, a mistake uncommon even for rookie pilots. Ford, now 74, got hurt two years ago when he crashed one of his other vintage planes on a golf course in Los Angeles. Our Omar Latiri took the week off, reporting no new significant movie openings this week. He'll be back as soon as that changes. 
But the theaters are still open if you're interested in Alec Baldwin's voicing of The Boss Baby, which opened at $49 million last weekend. Beauty and the Beast hangs in at number two with nearly $48 million more last weekend. For theaters and showtimes near you, previews, tickets, and so much more, and to support this free news, please use and bookmark the Fandango link you'll find at buzzburbank.com and listen to Omar on his show, ARC, Arts Review and Commentary, right here at realmnetwork.com. Passings and Passages. A few renowned and interesting people left us over the past week. We begin with Gilbert Baker, who created the rainbow flag, now associated with gay pride and LGBT rights. The flag debuted in 1978 after Baker learned to sew and declared himself a gay Betsy Ross. The flag had eight colors to represent different aspects of the human experience. Blood red to represent life, orange for healing, yellow for sunshine, green for nature, turquoise for magic, blue for peace, purple for spirit, and pink for sex. But pink fabric was too expensive to be practical at the time, and the turquoise and blue were replaced with a royal blue as the flag went from eight stripes to six. Baker had just finished a nine-color flag that restored the originals and added a new one, lavender, for diversity. He said he knew the minute his flag was first raised, it was his life's work, and he called it his gift to the world. Gilbert Baker has now left this world at the age of 65. A Russian poet who wrote against Joseph Stalin and war and anti-Semitism has died at the age of 84, surrounded by relatives and close friends in his sleep at his home in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's a better outcome than Yevgeny Yevtushenko might have expected, considering he wrote Truth to Power in a place with no tolerance for that. He spent his later life as a free man in the U.S., teaching at a university. Be careful about the product and service reviews you post online because they could come back to lock you out of your own house. In Tulsa, a Mr. R. Martin was not happy with his garage which was supposed to allow him to remotely open or close his garage door. So he posted a review in which he called the product a piece of junk, a waste of money, one star, he gave it. The seller called out R. Martin for what it called his abusive language and poor impulse control and then cut off his service immediately. The company was able to identify Mr. Martin and disable his unit instantly, leaving him locked out of his own garage. Just wait till the self-driving cars hear about this. This week, Tesla outpaced even the Ford Motor Company as the second most valuable car company in the U.S., Tesla's electric car company is worth $48 billion compared to Ford's $45 billion, even though Tesla sells fewer cars. GM is worth $50 billion, but Japan's Honda is top dog here, worth $54 billion. And GE may no longer be bringing good things to light. The company says it's looking to sell off its lighting division in favor of heavier equipment. Payless Shoes has declared bankruptcy and is closing 400 stores after getting paid less. But Payless will still run 4,000 stores after being founded in Topeka, Kansas in 1956. Uh, that's a posturepedic. Uh, that's a temperpedic. And over there, that, that's an alligator. Words possibly spoken at a furniture store in Thank You, Florida. The Pasco County Sheriff's Office had a tough call to make about the alligator in the parking lot outside the American Freight Furniture and Mattress Store. The gator was catching some shade under a car with a Florida gator sticker on it, naturally. 
The officers, having been to this rodeo before, shooed the gator into the open where it could be lassoed. The problem then was how to get the gator back to a more natural habitat. The lake out back seemed appropriate. There was road construction underway out front, though. It would have been unwise to try to drag the gator across some pretty rough terrain. Dragging him around to the back of the store would have made the journey three times longer. The shortest distance between two points in this case was straight through the furniture store, in the front door, past the sofas and mattresses, and stunned customers, to out the back door. They cordoned off a path of safety and asked anxious customers and eager sales reps to stay back. And that over there, that's a gator. In random Florida news, the Lakeland Police Department this past week arrested a man who was blocking traffic by sitting in a chair in the street eating pancakes from a TV tray. She's blonde, she's Australian, and she can do amazing things with her tongue. And now the whole world knows... Daredevil performer Zoe Ellis, Zoe Lamore to her fans, has set the Guinness record for stopping fan blades with her tongue. Normally traveling with a circus, Zoe took a break to appear on an Italian game show. That's where she broke the record for tongue-powered fan stopping by doing it 20 times in a row. This time, though, she made it to 32, alternating between two 35-watt fans running on high Zoe could do all sorts of things with her tongue. She holds the record for letting the most mouse traps snap on her tongue. And she likes a man who's just as daredevil as she is, so Zoe married Chain Hultgren, the space cowboy, to his fans. He holds records for the most swords swallowed underwater, along with heaviest weight pulled by the eye sockets. Achievement is good when properly directed. Don't give vodka to your cat unless the cat has already consumed brake fluid. In London, a cat had accidentally poisoned itself by laying in a puddle of brake fluid inside a garden shed and then trying to wash it off with her tongue. And then Princess, at age seven, got very, very ill. The person she owns took her to the animal hospital where the vets knew just what to do. They jumped into a car and rushed to the liquor store and bought the strongest vodka they could find. Consumable alcohol, they knew, was the best antidote for ethylene glycol found in brake fluid and antifreeze, and now used in fracking as well. The docs say it was touch and go, but thanks to an IV drip of some high-test vodka, Princess began to get better after 24 nerve-wracking hours in intensive care. Quoting one vet, Pet should never be given alcohol, but this was the only solution to prevent the poison from killing her. The meow you know. And finally, just west of Niagara Falls on the Canadian side is a town called Hamilton where police are looking for tips on the theft of a shipment of lettuce worth $45,000. That's a lot of green. And I won't apologize for that pun because you haven't heard what the local police had to say on Twitter. Let us work together, wrote the town constable as he asked the public for leads. Without a shred of evidence, the constable wrote, your information could be the tip of the iceberg. He also asked the public not to lose their heads, adding, remain calm. Burbank. Thank you for listening and thanks for supporting the shows and sponsors at BuzzBurbank.com. I'll be back next Thursday with another Buzz Burbank news and comment.
The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.